Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Many people that you will share with, we hear this all the time. You saw them. I just want to talk to you about Christianity. Oh, I believe, I'm a believer in God. I'm not an atheist. I believe in God. Well, let me share with you a little bit about Jesus. Well, I'm not into the Jesus thing. What did you just read? If they're not into Jesus, they're not into God. Do you get it? Well, I believe in God. I'm fine. No, no, no. That's not enough. I'm not into Jesus. No, it's all about Jesus. Do you believe in a gospel message without Jesus? Today, Pastor Mark will show listeners how Jesus is the foundation of the entire gospel. It's not possible to follow God effectively without believing in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. In Him, we have everlasting life. The enemy likes to plant seeds of doubt in the minds of those who don't see how the whole account of Jesus can be true. Without Jesus, the entire gospel message falls apart. Yes, it requires faith, but what doesn't in our walks with God? Trust that the whole Word of God is true and have no fear in sharing it with the world. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the Gospel of Luke as he concludes part two of his message, Hurdles That Can Keep Us From Being On Mission. Wouldn't you like somebody to walk up to your neighbor and say, hey, how do I, how do I get to heaven? Okay, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> That's an open door. And so Jesus said to him, well, I'll, I'll cut it short. He went through it. He says, oh, I keep all the commandments. Well, there's 10 commandments, and then the Jewish people have 613 commandments. Are you glad you're not Jewish this morning? Thank you. Say amen. Say amen right now. I have trouble with 10, don't you? And so Jesus said, well, here's what you need to do, because he, he didn't keep the commandments. He says, you need to give rid of your money and come and follow me. Now, Jesus never said that to anybody else. See, people outside of here, many of the people we would, we're going to eventually share with, what do they think happens here? All we're after is their what? That is not true at all. We're after their soul. So we live simply. The pastors try to mimic that nicely. Remember, a worker is deserved his wages. That's fine. But we listen. it's not the focus. Stuff isn't our focus. And so there, Jesus said, you, you need to get rid of your money because your money has become your God. You broke the first commandment. Have no other gods ahead of you. What did the rich young ruler do? He walked away. So when you see that, sometimes that expectation for us is simply this. You have to understand as you're going through this, there's going to be times that the person is not going to accept what you said to them. That's realistic. If you're here this morning and you actually believe every time you share the gospel, somebody's going to fall down right there and get saved. That's unrealistic. 
Is there anybody better witness than Jesus? No. What did the rich young ruler go? No, thank you. And he walked away. Now, did Jesus go, uh, let, me, let me just get rid of half of your money? No, he had to keep on what? Message. We don't dilute the gospel. That's what we see in our churches today. Let's not talk about sin. Let's just talk about prosperity. No, you have to get rid of your sin first. And that can only come by Jesus forgiving you. Now, let's go on. Verse 10. But when you enter a town and are not welcomed, uh uh-oh, go to its streets and say, even the dust of your town that sticks to our feet, we wipe off against you. Yet be sure of this, the kingdom of God is near. I tell you, it would be more bearable on that day for Sodom than that town. So what is Jesus saying to us here, basically? He's, he's going to say to us that there's going to be times like the rich young ruler where there seems to be an open door, but the people don't respond. So what are you going to do about that? I want you to write this next statement down. This is huge for us. Watch this. The hurdle of rejection and closed doors. It's going to happen to us. Not everybody that we share with is going to come to Christ. So you just have to be encouraged. You can't allow that to happen. So Jesus says, when you go to a town or a house and the the people in the house reject you, they don't want anything to do with you. Look back at that verse. Look back at this verse. I think this is a classic verse from Jesus. This verse says this, and, and you're not welcome. Look at verse 11. Then go into the streets and say, even the dust in your town sticks to our feet. We wipe it off against you. So Pastor Mark, is this what I'm supposed to do? And I at my neighbor's house. I know him well. And they say, you know, I know you're always asking me to go to church. And I'm not really interested in coming to your church. Okay, I'm doing what Jesus told me to do. Is that what Jesus is telling us to do? No, it was a cultural thing in that way. What they were saying is what? Don't waste your time arguing. So you say, well, my pastor told me to wipe that dust off feet. We'll have nobody at church if you say that. Of course, that's not it. What he's saying is, be encouraged. All you do, Jesus experienced this. I told you, the rich young ruler. How about Nicodemus? He comes, great Jewish guy, and he compliments Jesus like crazy. Jesus doesn't listen to any of the compliments. He simply says to him, you have to be born again. How about Jesus' brothers and sisters? What did Jesus' brothers and sisters think of him? He was crazy. None of his brothers and sisters came to salvation until after the resurrection. Can you imagine that? 30 years living with Jesus. You're an idiot. You're You're the Messiah. Are you crazy? But what did Jesus, he was patient? For sure, he prayed for them constantly. See, some people are hard. And so we just have to pray for them. You don't take your feet, shove dust at them. You just move on to people that will be open. Have realistic expectation. Everybody we share with will not be open to hear the gospel. Sometimes doors will be closed. Some people will not welcome you or me wanting to hear the good news. Don't take it personally. Don't take it personally. And I want you to see something. Look at verse 16, and I want you to circle it. Vera, Sebastian, those of you online here, remember, I want you to circle this verse. Because it's important for you to come back to this verse. 
Look what Jesus says. He who listens to you, as we share the gospel, he who listens to you, listens to who? Me, Jesus. He who rejects you, our sharing, rejects who? Jesus. But watch this. He who rejects me, Jesus, rejects him who sent me. Who do they reject? Goes back to God. See, you can't take that personally. But here's the, why I'm asking you to circle the verse. Many people that you will share with, we hear this all the time. You, you saw them. I just want to talk to you about Christianity. Oh, I believe, I'm a believer in God. I'm not an atheist. I believe in God. Well, let me share with you a little bit about Jesus. Well, I'm not into the Jesus thing. What did you just read? If they're not into Jesus, they're not into God. Do you get it? Well, I believe in God. I'm fine. No, no, no. That's not enough. I'm not into Jesus. No, it's all about Jesus. I already told you the verse. He who has the son has life. So a person can believe. They say they believe in God. But the Bible says that God sent his only son, Jesus, so we could. there is no other way to God but Jesus. So you're not going to yell at him. You're, not gonna, you're just going to say, let me show you a verse. If you reject me, you're not really rejecting my message. You're rejecting Jesus. And if you're rejecting Jesus, you're really rejecting who? God. So do you actually think you believe in God when you've just rejected God? Well, where is that? Is that in the Bible? Yes, it is. You're not be smart. You're going to say, you have to understand, God and Jesus go together. He can't separate them. You can't separate them. That's huge. That's huge. Jesus said that you're going to get rejected. Remember, the Jews, did they believe in God? Yeah, but they don't believe in Jesus. Remember what Jesus said? I came to my own and my own rejected me. You can't say you believe in God if you don't believe in Jesus. Because he is the way, the truth, and the life. And no man, no woman comes to God except through Jesus. That is the message that will never change. It's very simple, but it will never change. Now, watch what happens in the rest of these verses. Look at verse 13. Now, Jesus is going to talk about three towns in Israel. Woe to you, Chorazim. Woe to you, Bethsaida. Two towns on the Sea of Galilee. I'll show them to you in a minute. For if miracles that were performed in you had been performed in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago, sitting in sackcloth and ashes. But it would be more bearable for Tyre and Sidon at the judgment than for you. Here's the third city. And you, Capernaum, you will, you, will you be lifted up to the skies? No. Are you going to be honored? No. You will go down to the depths. Now, what does that mean? It simply means this. Jesus is simply saying, when he speaks to these three cities... Those three cities Jesus ministered in 2,000 years ago. They saw miracles. They saw all kinds of blessings. They saw people healed. They saw people delivered. Initially, when Jesus came, he went back to his hometown, Nazareth, to minister. The people chased him out of Nazareth, trying to kill him. Know where his next headquarter was? Capernaum. He mentions the Capernaum. That was his headquarters. We were just there. And what Jesus is saying is, because he was there... 
they rejected, in those three towns, they rejected as a whole, as people, they rejected Jesus, his place of ministry. See, a lot of times we think this, if, if, if we could only see many more miracles, and I'm for miracles, then lots of people would come to Christ. No, that's not true. Jesus did every kind of miracle you can imagine in those towns, and they rejected him. So basically, he said, he pronounced a woe on these three cities. You're dead. Nothing will happen. They will, this will never be a town again. So what was Jesus trying to say? There's no life. There's absolutely nothing here. Now, think about this. In those two cities I showed you, there were Jewish people who believed in God. They went to the uh, synagogue on a regular basis. They actually knew the Torah that Jesus was talked about in the Old Testament, but they didn't believe in Jesus. When presented with the truth, they didn't believe it. So what was Jesus trying to say? That was predicted by Jesus 2,000 years ago. There is no town in those three areas. Zero people live there. How can that be? Did he overrule the city government? Yeah, he overruled everything. Doesn't matter what you want to do. There is no living thing there. Can I ask you to write this down this morning? To reject God's truth is to bring disaster to your life. This is serious. See, if people want to do life without God, God will simply give them their wish. Now, I want to say something to you. And I know it's hard to say to you. I don't really enjoy saying it to you. But it's truth. I have to say it to you. Because you just saw it. In the book of Genesis, we're told there comes a time. The person that deals with you, how you became a Christian, was because the Holy Spirit convicted you and said, you can't get rid of your sin by being good enough. You need to repent. Just as the Bible says, you need to believe in Jesus. And that the Holy Spirit is the one that convicts us that we need our sins forgiven. See, many people think this. Well, I'll come to Christ when I'm ready. No, you can't come to Christ on your own. I can't convict you. I would never try to convict you because it won't work. Only the Holy Spirit can come in, speak to your heart. And many people think, well, I'll come when I'm ready. You can't come when you're ready. Now, when you hear the gospel, every time you hear the gospel, you get a chance to get saved. If you reject it, what happens to your heart? Harder, harder, harder. Listen, Genesis 6 says there comes a time, all of our campuses, when God's Holy Spirit will never, ever come to you and ask you, would you like to be saved? It's over. Well, Pastor Mark, what kind of a God is that? A God that's been very patient with us. But there comes a time when his grace is removed and his wrath comes. Jesus said, I was in your city for weeks and months. I did miracles. I offered you everything and you rejected me. Done. You don't want to go to that line. I don't know where that line is. I don't know how many times a person can reject Jesus Christ. I don't want to even get close. And you don't want to get close. That's why the Bible says, today is a day of salvation. See, you, if you don't want to have God in your life, eventually God will say, so be it. And you will spend eternity separated from God forever. What kind of a God is that? A God that's been very patient with you, not wanting any to perish. You can't ever say that God's been impatient with you. No, he's been waiting. But there comes a time when you will cross a line. You don't, I don't know where it is. I, different for every person. You don't want to play with it. You accept Jesus Christ. Some of you are in our service this morning. 
You've been coming. You've been hearing God. And you continue to reject him. What happens when you continue to reject him? Your heart gets like this. And you can sit in a service. You can watch people cry. You can watch the altars filled with people. Hey, what time's for lunch? It's gone. It's over. It's finished. Don't go there. So Jesus says, be careful. Watch what's happening. Now, when they come back, what do you do when a person starts rejecting? You pray for them. All of us have relatives and, and sons and daughters and moms and dads. You don't give up on them because I don't know where the line I just keep praying for them. That's why we keep witnessing. We love people. God loves people. He loves lost people. That's his mission. Now look at verse 17. The 72 return with joy. Even though, and they say this, Lord, man, amazing. You told us that demons would submit to us. We didn't really expect that, but they did. That was fantastic. He replied, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. I've given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and overcome the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. They were so excited. They were so fulfilled by coming off that mission trip. They had stayed on mission. They stayed on message. All kinds of people came to salvation. Everything they needed. As God said, he provided. He's going to do the very same for you. Now, I want to give you a different look at expectation. Would you write this down this morning? Learn to expect the unexpected because nothing is impossible with God. Pastor Mark, I know that person, that relative, they'll never come to faith. Yeah, somebody said that about you. But you became a believer. I have an expectation that God is going to help all of us at all of our campuses to defeat every single one of these barriers we saw, every single one of these hurdles. So in the the next 11 months, we're going to see masses of people come to Christ because you're faithful in being on message and on mission. I have that expectation. I know you want the same thing. How can I have that expectation? Because for me, I can expect the unexpected. Some of you actually out there, and I'm trying to encourage you this morning. I said, we have 11 months to go. Pastor Mark, I think 11 months from now, there's not going to be a change in our church at all. Don't go there. Let's be people of faith this morning. God is going to use every single one of you. Just turn to your neighbor and say, God is going to use me. Just turn to your neighbor and say right now, okay, God is going to use me. Can I hear an amen in the house this morning? It's not about you. It's the power of the Holy Spirit through us. He's going to do the unexpected because nothing is too difficult for God. His heart is for the lost. And you have to understand that. Thank you for being those kind of people. Make sure that you're understanding what God wants to do in you. They return with joy. See, when you win a person to Christ, when you lead a person to Christ... Even if they don't get saved in the moment, you shared. It it brings such fulfillment because that's what we were designed to do. Now, Jesus was so excited for these 72. But then he issues a warning. Look at verse 20. However, do not rejoice that that the spirits submit to you. The, The joy is not that the demons responded to you because it's really God's power. But rejoice... That your names are written in heaven. Jesus takes and refocuses back on the key thing. The value and impact of one. These 72 had tremendous impact on all these people that they visited in the towns. 
When they left, these people would bring other people to Christ. But he goes back to the very same thing. He says, you have to understand what you have. Look at these, what I have on the overhead floor. You, you this morning, every Christ follower on our campuses, you've been forgiven by God. So you should celebrate it. That's what Jesus said. You're celebrating that the demons responded to you. You need to think you're celebrating because you're going to go to heaven. What a thing. The most valuable thing you have in your life is your soul. And basically, Jesus says, your name was written in the book of life. You believe God. You've been born again. You'll live forever in heaven because of God's grace. And then he says this. Once you realize how amazing that is, look at number two. You continue to go and stay on mission and share the good news. Since you've experienced God's grace and have been forgiven and are going to heaven, understand the good news is too good to keep to yourself. One of the greatest sins is to keep the gospel to ourself because we've been commanded to share it with the world. The greatest miracle is to be born again. Every other miracle that God can do in our life, heal people, do all those things, will not last because every single person will eventually die of old age or disease. As Paul says, our tents as we get older, they leak. Could I hear an amen from those over 50? You young people, quit smirking because you will be over 50. Now, here's the question. There's only one miracle that's eternal, and that's your soul being saved by Jesus Christ. That's Mark, what was this thing he said to these guys? Be, be excited that your name is written in heaven. Well, let me show you the verse that Jesus was speaking to. It's in Revelation, all of our campuses. If anyone's name, anyone, was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire, hell. So here's the question for all of us this morning. Is your name written in God's book of life? Well, Pastor Mark, I don't really understand. Good, I'm going to explain to you. It's very simple. God has in heaven, and it isn't going to be a book. It's some kind of computer deal that he's got. He knows way more than you and I. He doesn't have to worry about Microsoft. I have mapped up the latest version. He is the latest version. But he has a record of every single person that's repented and believed and is following Jesus Christ. And when you do that, he writes your name in the book of life. So when you die, Mark Ballmer. Yes! Such a good man. No. Saved by God's grace. Yes. So where will I spend eternity? In heaven. Because I was good? Not a chance. Because Jesus Christ died for me. I repented, I believed, and I began to follow Jesus. Today, Pastor Mark encouraged listeners to be faithful in their presentation of the gospel, even if it isn't received well initially. Even Jesus experienced people who rejected the good news and didn't believe and follow him. This is not a sign of inadequacy on your part. Don't be discouraged. Simply pray for another open door. How might you continue to practice the Great Commission with boldness, even in a disinterested world? You've been listening to Lessons for Living, the teaching ministry of Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. 
Each day here on Lessons for Living, we share messages that Pastor Mark taught at the main campus in Melbourne. Maybe you're listening right now in Brevard County and you don't have a home church. And today's message was exactly what you were looking for. Join us for worship. We meet at the Melbourne and Vieira campuses on Saturday night at 6 p.m. and Sunday morning at 8.30 and 10.45 a.m. And those in the Sebastian area can join us Sunday mornings at 10.45 a.m. For more information, call us toll-free at 866-779-3441. That's 866-779-3441. Or log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the link to the church website. How can we as Christ followers be prepared and ready to share the gospel at all times? In the next edition of Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark will speak on the importance of preparedness so that we might obey the Lord's calling whenever an open door presents itself. In the book of Acts, Philip was sensitive to the Spirit, obedient to the Spirit, and excited to obey. He wasted no time because he knew it was God's time. We've run out of time for today, but we do encourage you to tune in next time as Pastor Mark will continue teaching through this series. That's next time on Lessons for Living. in a hurting world a new hope he is given